Don't touch anything. It's the greatest find yet. Nothing compares to it. But it's definitely something you should hear. This is The Real Deal with Larry Lawton. Welcome, everybody. This is The Real Deal with me, Larry Lawton, and I have a great guest of mine today. I got Dr. Lisa Palmer from down West Palm Beach, Florida. Welcome to the show, Doc. It's great to be here, as always. You know, I know Dr. Lisa Palmer for a long time, and we are going to talk about a lot of stuff today because, uh, you know, there's a lot of psychology issues going on around the world, and I, I want to touch base with Dr. Lisa Palmer. I think she's a great uh, asset to our communities. And I'll tell you what, guys, uh, first, before I get started, make sure you guys check us out on the all the platforms we have. That's YouTube. That's Patreon. That's all of the major platforms we have. A great website. CrookedDiamondCigar.com is going crazy. Uh, we're loving it. Also, you guys know my book, Gangster Redemption. Make sure it's still selling, still sells like hotcakes. And it's good because people like it. It's, it's a crazy story and, and it's a success story as well. But, Doc, we also want to talk about one other thing. We're going to talk about a little bit of, uh, in gambling because I have a sponsor on my show. Mm-hmm. It's called youwager.lv. They're really good. They're, they're a small, well, they're the biggest operation in the country. Oh, wow. And they're one of my sponsors. In fact, I was on the phone with them when, when you pulled up today to the studio. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're really good people. And the good part about them is that, you know, they have great customer service. In gambling, let's just talk about the uh, uh, stuff. Is there is there any psychological like like does somebody like yourself who deals with a lot of patients and stuff think about like is there a thrill factor to it is there do you deal with anybody with like issues like that oh yeah i had a, a gambler um that i've dealt with um dealt with a i you know definitely worked with that and there's definitely you know that addictive part of it um not work with too many gamblers, to be honest with you, because anytime I work with an addict, they're usually an alcoholic or they're dealing with drugs, but not too many gamblers. A lot of gamblers just think that, you know, their their problems are going to be resolved. With the, the next casino. win. With the next win. Yeah, yeah. But I did have a patient whose son was a gambler, and it was really funny because he came in to pay me on her behalf, and he tried to screw me like $100. <laughs> well, of course, he had to go to the casino that night. <laughs> He was thinking that he was dealing with a dealer on the other end. Like, hey, hold on a minute. <laughs> that is how I think you're uh, you're down a hundred here, but no. Uh, do you <laughs> let Let me ask you a question. All addiction is it the same or different? There are similarities among all addicts, and there are differences. Um, I would say that uh, among all of the the mental health issues that I deal with, it doesn't matter really what it is. Is underlying trauma? Is it like like I, I know I'm a workaholic. I know that, that that's not no, even a joke. <laughs> yeah, right. You know me for a long time. Uh, we know each other. Let me let me let yeah. everybody know about Dr. Lisa Palmer. Dr. Lisa Palmer is a literally a world renowned psychologist. She's out of South Florida. She owns the uh, Renew Center, Renew of Florida, Center of Florida. Mm-hmm. and it's it. They, she deals with patients from all over. She has a an app. Don't you have an app or something? That's uh that's in development now. Renew oh. Me. Okay, yes, it's a Renew it's Me a self-help app. Help app. Right, it's a self-help app. In the app. space of common headspace. Now, what is it? What What is it going to do? Everything. Uh, <laughs> I'd like everything. Everything, to do. everything common headspace does, but more because we're including fitness. We're including setting goals and tracking goals. And it's going to have a whole 
um, resources section or treatment finder. And then we have a whole um, hospitality travel brand to help bring balance to to travelers. And it's just it's everything, really. So when, when, it's when, a Disney. It's yeah, but Disney. What, I, what I mean, so how does somebody find it? Just go and. Uh, well, hit- they can't find it now because it's not it's not going to be launched right now. Okay, so it's actually in development. So hopefully, well, then you have to come back when it's when it's well, launched for sure. But Absolutely. hopefully, it's going to be one day. You you know, go to a Starbucks and you can download Renew Me, or go to Expedia and download Renew Me. And we have partnerships with those brands, so that's sort of oh, that's goal. great. Is that yeah. what you're working on the brand partnerships? Yes, and stuff? I get that. Yeah. I do get that. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things. Let me let everybody know. I know Dr. Lisa Palmer from since about 2012, maybe. Maybe even That's more what, or longer. Yeah, yeah. I was doing an event. I remember when I did a West Palm Beach event where I was hired to go and represent Lamborghini. Do you remember that? In the mm. wet polo club. Oh, we yeah. went to the polo club. No, I didn't meet you there, though. I don't think. Uh, Brian was there. A couple other people. Brian, Billy. Yeah. Uh, they hired me to come in to, to represent uh, Lamborghini. And I'm sitting and <laughs> I'm sitting, you know, signing books and stuff for this place or books or people. What my program at that point? And I said, man, I'm too big for this 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 Lamborghini. The guy goes, well, if you can afford this Lamborghini, you can afford the hotel room that goes with it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, to do anything sexual and that thing. But I met you, and I met you in a good way, uh, obviously. We I met, met through you, a mutual friend. A, a, mutual a mutual friend, friend. named Billy Caceres, who to this day is one of my best friends. Me too. And uh, yeah. Bill, Billy and I, uh, Billy said, Larry, got to meet this woman. She's beautiful and she's interesting. So if you guys are looking on, if you're listening on Spotify or you're listening on Apple or wherever. And then the, we the had a little, we met, we had a little cat fight and then we became best friends. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't take, I, I fight with everybody, usually the beginning. And right. that's, that's the way to do it. Right, uh, me too. This is where you find out how, how tough they are They're in their own little world. Well, you definitely tested me. I, I'm going to keep testing you. That's I don't mind. <laughs> as long as you're doing it, I don't mind. Now I you, trust you. Yeah, I found out you were former Miss Vermont. Was a long it? time ago. Okay, long time long ago. Time and ago. so you were in the Miss America pageant. Miss USA. Oh, the Miss USA pageant. That leads to Miss Universe. Now, yeah. is it there a, you know, I there used to be a show out with these kids that put them in pageants. The little kids, little kids. Right, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever it is. Isn't yeah. that traumatizing like for a kid? Boo-boo. Yeah, like honey boo boo and that kind of yeah. stuff. Isn't that traumatic for a kid? I never competed in pageants when I was that young. I guess it could be, you know. I I think that a lot of things can be traumatizing for people, but you have to balance it with what's positive in someone's life. What got you into being a pageant? Negative and make it positive. What got me into it, actually I was in dance class and I had a dance instructor that said I should be in a pageant. And I was like, who, me? I I don't feel pretty enough. How old were you? I was maybe 15 years old and so I entered this pageant had no clue what I was doing borrowed my mom's dress I was just honored that she invited me you know to be in a pageant I was like now this is like a local pageant right yeah this wasn't Miss Vermont yet no it was Miss Teen New England Oh, Miss Teen New England. I became Miss Teen New England Congeniality. That so year. you won the pageant, the no, first pageant. No, I was congeniality means I was nice. I was the girls liked me. They voted for me, and I was like, oh, so I have a great personality, but I'm not the winner. So Love you was. mean the other girls vote for the person who's the most nice, the, the nicest yeah. woman there? Yeah. Wow. So. I, that, you know, with all the cat fights that you must see in a pageant, that must be something. But you know something? Like at the time, I didn't see it as a compliment, but now that I look back. It's such a huge compliment to be seen as someone who's liked, you know? Well, yeah, we all want to be liked, obviously. Yeah. We know we can't be liked by everybody, 
But you're right. I mean, I often tell people, you you know, I sometimes read comments and I get thousands of comments and, and some of them, you know, they don't hurt me anymore, obviously, but you, you want to be liked. I mean, right. I think everybody wants to be liked. Yeah. So you, you, you go to this pageant at 15 years old, you don't win. No. So no. what did that get the bug into you for pageants? So then I thought, well, maybe I should go to a bigger pageant just because you start getting into it and you're just curious. I said, I want to compete for Miss Rhode Island Teen USA. So I competed that year, still didn't know what I was doing, just kind of threw myself together. I wasn't polished or anything, but I, some of the girls that I met at the previous pageant was in this pageant. And um, when I entered um, this girl, who's now a friend of mine, uh, Shana Mokler, she won the pageant that year. And my gosh, she was like so polished. And I looked at her, I was like, I just saw a halo over her head at the time. I was like, this girl has it all together. And I want to be like her. And anyways, she won. And, um, and then kind of a funny story, uh, we were friendly a little bit and then moving on, you know, I was in college and I was in my sorority house and it was, what college did you go to? Well, I started at the university of Vermont. And uh, so I was there and it was a Friday night and all the girls were hanging out and eating brownies and watching the Miss USA pageant. And I walk in the room and here I was actually, I was about maybe 70 pounds overweight just from, you know, freshman year of college. I walk in the room and I look at the TV and they are at the top three for Miss USA. And there Shana was, she was in the top three answering her final questions and she got first runner up. And um, actually, she ended up um, succeeding to to win the crown because the woman that won Miss USA became Miss Universe, and then Shana became Miss USA. And, you know, she was from Barrington, Rhode Island. I'm from Rhode Island. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this ordinary girl that I knew that I was with became Miss USA. Um, like, you could do amazing things if you put your mind to it. And so that summer, I kind of decided that I was going to um, try to focus. And I was sort of at a, a place in my life that I was like, you know what, I want to see if I can put my mind to it and I can focus on something that I can achieve it. And that's pretty much what I did. So when I went to compete for Miss Vermont, I was a fish out of water because I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the team behind me. I probably lost about 60 pounds in about four months. Now, we're going to get into that, okay. how you got into that. I have a couple of questions before mm -hmm. that. Okay, at this point, you're 15 years old. You're just blossoming as a woman. No, oh, no, no I'm talking about when, when you first went to the uh, team. Yeah. Then yeah. you went to the second team. Were you 16, maybe? I was about that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're 16 years old. Does, does your parents support you? Do they think, uh, you know, because some parents would say, no, this is not healthy. You don't need to be worried about your looks. And, and, and you know, everything's about, it's very materialistic, obviously. Right. But there's also a talent end of it. We're going to get into that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But so you, uh, do the teen vents and stuff have talent involved? Not for Miss, not for the Miss USA or Miss Teen USA. It's all just interviews and um, stage performances, swimsuit and evening gown and the questions. So they're putting 15 year old 16s in. So do they do this today? I don't hear about these Miss Teen uh, events anywhere. That's because they're not on national TV at this time. Uh, but they're, they're actually, we just had a Miss Universe pageant that um, was aired. And actually, Miss USA won Miss Universe this year. No, no, I understand. We still have that. Yeah. Obviously, Donald Trump, we're going to get into that. It was owned that, I think it was. But 
besides that, the teen stuff, I don't ever hear about, you know, seeing the papers, a local tournament, uh, you know, oh, a, really? a, mm -hmm. I don't hear anything like, oh, who's Miss Teen Florida? You know, you just don't. I don't know. I mm -hmm. never did either. I don't remember ever hearing even well, school in my school is different. Mm -hmm. But so uh, is it there? It, I mean, it can, is. Yeah. OK, so does a person go online and look it up? They still have a pageant, but it's not nationally televised. So that's probably why it's missed. But what I'm getting at is if a person is listening to this show and they want to go check out Miss Teen, uh, mm -hmm. wherever, Florida, Miss Teen, whatever. Right. Does every state have? have yes. One? Wow. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look that up when I leave that I, I didn't know, you know, there was actual teen pageant. Oh, yeah. So you go from teen pageant. You're getting older. Do you have a boyfriend at this time? Um, I did when I was competing for Miss Vermont. So early, when, when did you, I mean, you like, you like I men was, or women, women, men? No, I, I, that's a legitimate yeah, question today. Women. Yeah. You like women? Yes. Oh, so you're a lesbian. How about you? No, I love women. <laughs> Are you a lesbian? No, I'm not. No, I didn't know if you're joking or not. I don't know. <laughs> I know you and uh, you never had sex with me. So <laughs> I'm going to laugh at that. No, uh. No, I know. I'll now we're, we can make that official. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who thought otherwise. No, it's official. Yeah. Obviously, it's official. I tell it. I, I don't lie about stuff like that. <laughs> so, and I don't tell either. So if I do that, do anything. But, okay, keep getting into into you, Lisa. Uh, you, you now are 16 years old. You're dating somebody or not? At 16, no. Okay, 17. I wasn't that attractive when I was younger. How were you saying. going into a pageant at 15 not being a pre you had to be attractive i wasn't though. oh no, come on there's a lot of girls that go into pageants that are not like quote unquote attractive are you, I, I don't buy that i'm sorry i'm hey, gonna i'm calling bullshit okay here let me stop you are there a lot of people that compete on television for say the voice or america's got talent that probably don't belong there yeah but they do that as a joke meaning a guy who goes on America's so. Got Talent and he they, they put him on as a blah, you know, like no, they put him on, but they still are auditioning. And there are girls like that, too, that they think that they actually have a chance or maybe they just want the experience and they really, you know, it's it's subjective. Well, hold on, Lisa, subjective. Lisa, stop the bullshit because you came ru second runner or first runner up in the first pageant you went to. No, I became Miss oh, Congeniality. Congeniality. Okay, so you were the a nice girl. The second pageant that I was in, I won by a point. So you won it. So of course you're beautiful. I mean, I'm well, sitting here looking at a beautiful woman. You were beautiful then. When I was 19? Uh, when I uh, well, transformed myself? Is it, you're still well, a teenager at 19? The on the pageant-wise? I'm legally? about pageants, though, is that it's also a little bit political, too, because there's a lot of girls in the pageant that could win, and um, a lot of it is just um, sometimes it's luck. And sometimes it's you answered the question the best at the end or, you know, you just made the cut. It was just your day. And um, it, it's really? not necessary. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's going to shock and, uh, most people. Well, a lot well, I mean, it, it, it's very revealing because oh, yeah. everybody <laughs> thinks, you know, when I when I used to watch the pageants, I used to watch them and I go, man, she's beautiful, man. And a bathing suit. Oh, fuck. But they yeah. didn't have back when I was younger, they had the bathing suits for one suits. A uh, uh, one yeah, piece. One piece, yeah. Are they still that way? No, I think uh, they're two no, piece. No, they're two piece now. But the teens aren't wearing bathing suits anymore. They took that out of the competition like several years ago. So they're wearing exercise gear. What at what age are you considered? You said, uh, are you still a teenager at 19? Mm, I think you can compete for Miss USA 
that's the youngest age at least it was oh 19 and they've been raising the age at miss usa and i kind of heard through the grapevine that they might raise it even more i don't know if the cutoff now is 28 it could be 28 now but they, i think they're talking about raising the age which i think they should absolutely I mean, in pageantry it's like you i know some I be beautiful to- women right. at 30 years old 35 in fact it's women i know at 70 that are gorgeous you ever you know sophia loren a lot of I know young people who listen to my podcast don't know where you go look her up. She is gorgeous. The definitions of beauty have been changing a bit in pageantry and how it's seen and um, what beauty is. And I think culturally as well, you know, and now we are in the day and age of Instagram and social media and uh, being airbrushed. And, and it's it's kind of distorted also people's views. But in pageantry, they are looking more at what defining beauty as being confidently beautiful. So it's not just, you're not just looking at the body or the, every, you're actually looking at the whole person and what they bring to the table. They want a smart, intelligent, creative woman who can handle the pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Oh, I can imagine. There's questions there because I think I agree with you. I think I think TV and the Internet has distorted everything from sex. I mean, you go onto a porn site, you think they all look like that, or you think they all can perform like that. And we all know that's a bullshit. At least I do. <laughs> but yeah. as 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 a woman like yourself that, that has competed in these uh, uh, pageants, uh, they have a talent end of it, right? Don't they have a talent? Well, not Miss USA. Miss oh, there's Am- no talent. Miss America has the talent. Miss America, where you can sing and dance. But I did have talent. No, <laughs> well, no. What, to, what did you do? I, I tap dance. I actually, <sighs> I did compete. Um, Seriously, with a- tap dance? You know, people don't know. This is a hidden thing. People can look at uh, Larry Lawton and they go, what's his? I love tap dancing. I love tap dancing. I do. There's some, I love Gregory Hines. I love Sammy Davis yeah. Jr. I, uh, the movie Tap. With Gregory Hines as a jewel thief, I, I, I recommend that to everybody to see. It, it's one of the great. They had they brought in some of the greatest tap dancers in the world, and it's just an amazing movie. Just it's called Tap. Go check it out, everybody. But as far as now, let me get back. So you tap dance. You're now 19 years old, and you decide to join the Miss Miss Vermont Miss Vermont USA. Mm-hmm. And you said this pressure at what like what where are you at? Are you First of all, is there any rules to it? Like, can you be, can you have fake tits? Can you have fake eyes? Oh, yeah, eyes? they have plastic surgery all the time. I mean, the plastic surgery has become a lot more normalized now. I mean, women were doing it then, but now it's more normalized. I mean, back in the day, you know, if you had rhinoplasty, it was like a piece of What is that? Or something. People get their nose refined or they get, but girls have, you know, in the past, they got ribs taken out. They got oh, wow. liposuction. They got, you know, especially women that are coming from the other countries. A lot of the girls have veneers. They do that to refine. So when you see these girls on TV, I'm not saying that they're not beautiful, but they definitely, um, a lot of them will enhance themselves in some way, shape or form because it's just... They should set some rules, man. Like, you know, NFL, you get caught with steroids, you're out in the baseball. How about, you know, you have any plastic surgery and they have somebody check and they can have a doctor check and they'll know. And you're out. You know, maybe let's get natural beauty. Don't get me wrong. I like plastic surgery. I bought many tits uh, tits for women. Uh, (laughs) I actually did back in the day. But now I look at it and say, listen, I mean, there's a lot more that intrigues me at my age. 
the brain, the, you know, how we, the personality. Yeah, they're, they're trending in that direction. But, you know, a lot of guys now, they're getting Botox. That's and true. They're getting fillers and they're doing it in a way that, that makes them look natural. So I think you can do those things and still look natural and not look fake. Yeah, but it's not about looking natural. It's what's the, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a contest that you should put. So what happens is if you have money, you can look prettier than a girl who doesn't have money. And, you know, I That's look at true. this just for the record. And the Larry, dress that you buy or absolutely. what you can afford because you have to understand that a lot of these trainers can be very expensive too. And you they get training for walking and talking and how to answer questions and to kind of know the psychology of the game of being able to win a pageant. There is this whole psychology to it. Wow, that's amazing. And for the record, I've never had any plastic surgery, not Botox once, never had a thing in my life. Uh, that's it. I mean, I got to put well, that I'm for sure record. they don't offer that in prison, so. Not in prison, but they sure <laughs> do out here. I mean, I know doctors who do it. I, in fact, I have doctor yeah. friends who are, are very renowned in that. And uh, so now I just want to get to, so now you go, you become, now at this time, are you in college? Are you yeah. working on your, your degree? You are a doctor. You are a doctor of psychology, correct? Yes, uh, psychotherapy. So I have my PhD now, but um, back in the day, I was actually practicing, I was pre-med. Okay, you were pre-med. I really didn't know what I wanted to do in wow. my life exactly. So you still do you know what you want to do today? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I'm doing it, Not and right. I'm doing, and I'm developing something else. So I, it's different now. I mean, people think I'm 28, but I. Have well, you look great. Today. I mean, I don't know how much work you had, and I'm not going to ask you on and that. And that's one of the hardest things is to be a former something or other. In your case, is a former uh, ex-con, but in my case, is maybe a former beauty queen. So as I get older, it's kind of like okay, like. No, no, absolutely. Kind of I get comparing that. Comparing you to the past. So that's always that's also a lot of pressure, you know, like you can fall from grace. And a lot of former um, beauty queens do fall from grace. And did it, is there a suicide rate? Or is there a high suicide well, rate? Well, we had um, we had the former Miss USA of a couple of years ago that jumped actually almost a year ago today. Um, she uh, fell to her death in New York. 34s. She che jumped? She did. Chelsea Chris. I talked about it on NBC wow. News. They interviewed me about so it. So Chelsea Chris she jumped? Ha she had the world going for her. She was a former Miss USA. I believe she was on Extra. She was a um, correspondent there. She was a lawyer. She was smart. She was pretty. I mean, she was so nice. Everybody, she had everything going for her. And nobody really understood what happened. But she jumped to her death. Okay. So, so this person jumps to her death, but, yep. but you know, listen, uh, suicide's a, a, an issue I take. Oh yeah. Listen, I, 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 and there's so many celebrities doing it. Now. Oh, you know, I, I was going to commit suicide when I was in prison, mm. <coughs> when I was in the hole for, uh, uh 11 straight months. Mm. I talk about that on the air all the time, but something inside, somebody tells them no, or whatever it is. What is it in suicide? Now I'm asking you as a doctor. What is it in suicide that makes a person think about it? I know people, we all go through bad times. I mean, that's life. I don't care if it's financial. Uh, I don't care if it's personal. I don't mm -hmm. care what it is. We all go through bad parts. Yeah. What makes one person commit suicide and another not? They see a lot of those people, they see no way out. And honestly, they're so depressed that they've lost connection to their spirit. They have um, soul wounds that are so deep that need healing and they also have really bad belief systems and their emotions they don't know how to handle. In some cases, they're on medications that are not the right 
you know, medications for them or they're not being treated properly. And in some cases they've tried to get help and it hasn't worked. So they see no way out. Like if the doctors can't help me, if the authorities can't help me that I trust, there's no hope. And when they see no hope, they just, they just think about death and they some people a lot of people have suicidal ideation to be honest with you that's really common well, explain to the audience what suicide ideation i how do you spell it's pronounce just, it it's almost like they ideation it's almost like they fantasize about it they fantasize about thinking about death but a lot and of that's people, not counting a guy who does the rope around his neck and jerks off at the door and then dies no. that that's common i heard it's called auto asphyxiation, uh, yeah, but that's yeah. more of like an accidental kind of thing. But people who have suicidal ideation are thinking that they want to die, but then they don't have an actual plan to. So there's a lot of people that will say, oh, I want to die. And they're thinking about it and they're almost like obsessing about it. A lot of people. But, really? Oh, it's more common. And there's a lot of people that have um, self-harm behaviors. You know, well, you know, I know those with the cutting and stuff like that. A lot of people. A lot of they people. have more of that than you think, huh? Uh, all over the place, yeah. Wow. Now, does is there an age limit that has that? Like, is no. it young, old? I, no. I don't see many friends of mine or people I know who have that or cut. Or well, I know what it is because I deal with a lot of young people. The thing is about the cutting is that sometimes it's very discreet so that you wouldn't know. Like, there are people, a lot of times when I'm doing assessments, I find out if they have any history of self-harm or they've or they have self been you know been self-harming and uh, sometimes it's on their thighs you know it's in discrete areas and uh, sometimes it's on their arms uh it's different places i read where when they do the cutting it's really not it about suicide not just be cutting either it may be burning yourself right yeah or... even the home they say it's not yeah. about suicide at all it's it's they, they just want to hurt themselves yeah it kind of depends they like pain maybe no it's a lot of most of the time is that they feel numb They've been numbed by their own trauma and that for them, they feel like a release that they're connecting to themselves. But it's obviously depending on where they're cutting it or they're hurting themselves in their body. It means something different. Oh, does it mean something? Because yeah. I like pain. I mean, I don't mean that. I do. It's little certain things. Pain doesn't bother me for some reason. I, I, we all have like, it and I know it and I don't want it. Yeah. But then I'll do something like needle. I'll, I mean, I, I, I take That's the usually sausage. like an anger at the self. And anger at the self. So it's like a lot of times I'll find out where on their body they cut. And I can tell by where they're cutting that, oh, maybe they had some sexual abuse. Or, or, or oh, are they cutting on the left side or the right side? And that means something different in trauma world. It's like from the, from the subconscious. So um, if they're cutting on one side of themselves, I know, okay, they're angry at themselves about something. If they're cutting on another side of themselves, usually they're angry at their abuser, somebody else. That's now that's not, I mean, obviously that's not, that's in stone. I mean, obviously it could be wrong. I mean, they could just do it, right? I mean, I'm sure there's a percentage of everything that you don't Well, your know. subconscious has a lot of information. And so a lot of people don't think, you I mean, even like the tattoos that you have, what do they mean? And people just go, I just got this for fun. Okay. But from a symbolic perspective you know i'm as a psychotherapist and all and and specializing in trauma i can see through a lot of things and and i say okay when did this person get this tattoo and i can look into the meaning of it and all of that so you know for you it might be like oh nothing but for me i look at it from a different you know people who know me know me they say larry got some fucking sick tattoos but uh and 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 crazy so i i often think why i do things and i don't even know what is your first tattoo 
my first tattoo is actually my name on my arm. I Which, was, arm? Uh, Which arm? My right arm. Oh, okay. And I was 16 years old or 15. No, I was 15 years old. It was 1976. It was my name, uh, Larry. My, fa- my father says, hey, stupid, why don't you get your last name on the other arm and your address on your forehead? And my brother ended up getting a... A, a tiger tattoo. We went to our uncle. We went to Amityville, Long Island, with my uncle. My mother hit me with a waffle iron. Those old waffle irons. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it was kind of like funny. And I look back. Obviously, today tattoos are it's pretty like, normal. Don't forget me. Is that don't w- what, what does the what does the tattoo on the right upper arm mean? And well, my name. You know what? Like not knowing that much about really deep into your history, but if I just had to base on what you just said, I would say like. You just don't want somebody to forget you. Somebody was putting you down. Somebody was trying to forget you maybe in your life. My abuse. I mean, I often want to. And you're kind of like, you know what? Don't forget me. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, I I mean, as as, as it knows, I was abused at 11. So, and I look at. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's in my book, actually. And uh, by a priest and all that. Oh, that part, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't ever make excuses for it, Lisa. I always look at something that happened to me and I become stronger for it. And I want to educate somebody else on not letting that fuck, whatever it is. I mean, from prison, you can get arrested today and people think their life's over. I said, no, 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 no. You have now something that a lot of people haven't been and you need to educate people because it, it heals you. I When I do my classes and my program and everything else, which is number one program still, I, I it's it's healing to me. You know what I mean? I feel good afterwards. I always do. I always did to this day. And it's just my help aspect. I like to help people in a lot of ways. But see, the thing is, we all have different traumas and different griefs. And and we go through that in life at different in different points of our life. And some people, they fall apart um, when they're going through it and they kind of handle it wrong. And other people go through it like the Buddhists and stuff. And they have a different way of just kind of reframing and, and going through that ego death experiences really painful it can be very painful but once you go through that experience and you actually heal yourself the right way uh you kind of have an awakening a spiritual awakening and you become more renewed and you become enlightened and um and if you're going if you're taking that path then your life becomes more purposeful and you feel good about it but a lot of people don't take that path they just say okay i'm stuck in the dark i'm stuck in the hole there's no way out and I don't know what to do with this, and nothing's ever going to change, and I'm destined to, to suffer. Yeah, I don't know. See, I, 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 I never went to the spiritual route. Listen, I'm spiritual, period. But I never went to the religious route, maybe because of my trauma and younger, as younger. Yeah. I'm, I don't buy into it. I just, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I don't buy into bullshit, and I think people just bullshit people by controlling them with religion and money. And I love that George yeah, Collins. I'm not really talking about religion. Okay. I'm talking more about an awakening for a soul awakening. Okay. Where you become enlightened um, in some way, shape or form, like energetically and um, that ego death that you go through. And I'm sure you went through that in prison, right? Where everything is like taken away. Everything is different. Everything you were attached to is not different. That really rattles the ego and it chips away. And that chipping away is so painful because it's how you're identifying yourself. You know, your I am and like, I'm, however you identified yourself is now falling away. Well, you know, I think, uh, I mean, my case, and you can analyze me from any way you want. When I was younger and I, and I was making a lot of money and I was robbing, you know, of course I was a criminal. 
uh, people know that. I think my sister said it great. She goes, Larry, you can buy all the shit you want. I had multiple homes, horses, boats, money, everything you, you can imagine, and had cash out the yang, everything. And she goes, you could keep buying another car, another boat, another bigger boat, horses, and you're trying to search for happiness, and you're not going to find it. And, you know, she was always right. But I, 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 I learned one thing in prison more than anything, that everything you have is just shit, meaning it's just stuff. Don't get me wrong. You like to live good. You're like, I don't give a fuck about it. I take care of my mom in this little house, mm-hmm. and I love taking care of my mom. Yeah. That's more happy to me than anything. Well, you're actually hitting on a really good topic, right? Because a lot of people think that if they do more, they'll have more, and then they'll be whatever it is, happy, or they'll be successful, and success is happiness. Uh, so that's what that's the way you were living, doing, having, being. And actually, we need to flip into being, doing, having, being, coming from a place, getting in touch with your happiness from within you, right? Um, and that's why I do a lot of meditations, and I really try. Yeah, to I know you're you're personally into yoga and all that, right? Not yoga, but I do a lot of affirmations, and I do meditations, and I'm really into manifesting and stuff. But just coming from that that vibration of being and that vibration of abundance, and then I do the things that are in alignment with that, right? That would be in alignment with happiness or in alignment with abundance. And then what happens is the universe just kind of starts to magnetize those things that you want for you. So I might have more right yeah so but do, do, you know as a psychologist and knowing what you know mm-hmm. doesn't you find yourself judging relationships judging men judging women judging friends i mean that's yeah. got to be tough for it's you because really you, you know funny that you asked me that because it's like i'll be out and i would just you know close the door i'm out, out you know i'm out at a restaurant or something and someone approaches me and they find out what i do and then they're, they're saying okay like what's wrong with me and I'm not, I kind of try to turn that part of myself off because I'm not there like asking them all these questions and to analyze them, to yeah. analyze them. Like there are definitely certain things that I pick up on, but um, I'll say to them, you know what, what's right with you? Let's talk about what's right with you. You know? And I think that's the first question when anybody asks me or they say, what's wrong with me? I'm like, okay, they're trying to hide something here, you know? But oh, so I you already to, know they're, yeah. you know, right, right. Well, I mean, I, again, I always, I'm, a, I'm of the, of the belief that everybody has some shit. Everybody has some yeah. background crap, but whatever it is, it's how you deal with it. That makes it the best. You know, too many people, uh, lolly, oh, I can't do this. I said, listen to me, motherfucker. I got out of prison at 46 years old, penniless, done in debt, you know, and a nothing, every fucking thing materialistic yeah. was taken from me and I come out and you can make it. And I often tell people. I started my life over at 46 and you're bitching you're 30 fucking five. Stop the fucking shit. Somebody, sometimes we don't need psychologists. We need a baseball bat in the fucking head. And that, that's just my fucking theory. You sound like my mother. Well, my mother it, it, really? Yeah, I love that. That's my theory of it. And, and yeah. I, I know, listen, I, I see a psychologist. People don't know that. I have a psychologist for serious trauma, picking up dead bodies, picking up over 50 dead bodies in a month. And babies kept falling out of your arms, dead and stuff. So, you know, you, you start thinking, what the fuck is life worth? So I see a psychologist. The VA mm-hmm. has that shit from PTSD and all that kind of stuff. But And it helps. It helps. But when, it, when, when you get down to it, Larry's got to fucking get off his fucking chair and say, fuck this shit, man. You can kick my ass or not. 
you know, listen, people come to me, you need God. And they'll say, okay. And then I'll go, yeah, what, what is he going to do? You know, and they go, no, you need God. And I said, fuck, is, wait, am I going to heaven? Well, you don't know what the fuck I did in my life, man. Am I going to heaven? I'm not a believer in all that. So it's hard for me to grasp something fake. And a lot of times, well, in my opinion, right. that people people do. And I, as a psychologist, you have to, I don't know where you find some people's, I guess, medium or their, their happy place. How do you get a person who's been fucked up like me his whole life and getting them straight? I mean, it's got to be tough. That's got to be one of the toughest professions well, what, in the world. What a lot of people don't realize, I do plastic surgery from the inside out, which is a kind of a cool thing because I always wanted to be a plastic surgeon. Ah, I wanted to be a plastic what, do surgeon. Do I need a lot? I need my eyes. Do I need Honestly, it? my vision's a little blurry, so I can't see that. Oh. You look good from here. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. But I wanted to be a plastic surgeon, and uh, I just didn't like all the blood and everything, so I never went that route. Um, but uh, I, I pretty much do plastic surgery from the inside out, right? And so how do you make someone up? And basically every experience that we have, um, it, it becomes registered on multiple levels, like in our imprint, mind, imprint, imprint, in our they bodies, call it, yeah. and in our spirit. Right. You in the spirit, you're talking, we're going to get into that in a minute. And uh, yeah. And so um, when our brain is processing an event, like a trauma event, we, we, we go into the survival mode. Everybody does. It doesn't matter who you are, how smart you are. If you're a star, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, something's happening to you and your body is just going straight into survival mode. So your brain literally processes a trauma memory different than any other memory in regular time when you're, when you're rattled. So the emotion gets stored in one part of the brain, the core belief in another and the event in another. And a lot of people don't know that they can become frozen in their experience and that memory coded in their brain gets stored in the short-term memory so they're getting a lot of flashback memories body memories people have physical symptoms and they don't know what's going on they can't sleep at night and they're running to the doctor give me a medication ambient yeah and uh they don't understand why but when a lot of their traumas are cleared up and they're they're re-imprinted and healed they find that they're able to sleep better and they're able to do a lot of things uh better so our experiences sort of get frozen and crystallized and sort of put in our matrix of experiences of life. And even though those experiences are not happening now, they're still there and they're still informing the way we act in life and how we're manifesting. So so there's a lot of different ways, Larry, that I go about um changing uh, those those memories. And it's not that you don't know what happened to you. It's just that your subconscious has a different um, experience of it so that uh, that you can manifest differently from that point. And, and so now let's get into the spirit. You, you said you're, yeah. you, you always been talking since yeah. we just thought the spirit. Yeah. Do you believe like if a person dies, the spirit leaves it like goes up to heaven or some shit? No, I mean, let's not even go there. Um, so well, we have to. I mean, I'm, you're talking about well, it. What's a spirit? I'm a healer. Okay. And there's a lot of energy in my work too. It's not just psychology. Um, but, um, I, you know, I believe what are we, you know, um, a body, mind and soul. We are our being. And the problem is that we believe that we're just thinkers. We believe that um, our who I am 
Okay. I think therefore I am Descartes. That is, uh, we're so misinformed because we, we believe that it's our thinking that is what we are. And that is the problem that a lot of people have is that they get caught up in the thoughts. And, um, it's a lot of their stinking thinking that, that is sort of running their life. Like I am the personality. I am the doctor. I am my labels. I am my car. I am my things. But if you're not I, that, what are you? We're being. We are our being and who, and actually. But being doesn't pay a bill, number one, right? <laughs> well, it's how we, how we can redirect our being, right? We come from our being. So we come from a place of being. I, 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 I'm calling bullshit because being is what? We are who we are, product of our past. We are a product of our childhoods. And, and we from. are, we are. So we now are. how do you, I mean, obviously I think you, uh, Dr. Palmer, are a person who's, I, we, I'm sure you have your own trauma. We all have our own yeah. traumas, and I, and I believe in that. And but you've overcome them. You've become better for them. You some know. of them, yeah, I'm sure. And, and some, I'm sure all some, of our life are, are life challenges. You know, yeah, I believe that as well. But I don't know. I, I just for you. You say you're a being. You what? What is a being? Soul. Give me a your being. Soul. Like I think that when we go through a lot of our traumas, we have soul wounds. And uh, it affects us. Uh, we don't quite feel the same. We oftentimes feel that something is ripped out of us, you know, when someone dies and so, and you feel like something is just ripped out of you. It's just not the same. What is that? Is, I mean, is it another word for some, soul? Well, here's the thing, Larry. You're trying to explain in 3D what a being is, but we can't explain certain things like gravity. There's no, it is just is. It just is, is there and you can't fully explain in 3d and a lot of times that's another point is that a lot of people look at their 3d circumstances and think that um that their 3d circumstances can't change that you are not your circumstances their circumstances may have been defining your life to this point but um circumstances can change and how do you change your circumstances you understand that when you can come from a better place of being that comes from within yourself that you start to see things manifest differently. And I think in your life, what you said, Hey, look, I came out of prison and I had nothing. And I started with nothing. What was that something within you, you know, that spark of light or that purpose or that desire to do something different that magnetized things different in your own life? Well, I believe people change. Number one, I always said that people said people don't change. People. I said, hold on. When you're 20, you think you know it all. You go hit True. 30 and you go, what the fuck? I didn't know shit at 20. You hit 40 and you go, fuck, I didn't know shit at 30. You hit 50 and you say, man, I didn't know shit. Well, I hit 60. I'm 61. And I go, man, I'm still learning every day, whether it's technology, whether it's people, whether it's, you know, and, and I think we do change. I think we always change for the better because I think knowledge just is going to help you change for the better. Uh, but, I, and, you know, I think my core my core and you, you're calling it spirit. I, I call my core. I always help people. Even when I was a young kid, I, I like to help people. I always like to uh, make sure people were uh, taken care of. I can't stand bullies. I can't stand people who uh, judge other people, whether it's for money or this or looks or whatever. I'm not into that. Of course, we all have our preferences, all things we want. And I agree with all that. I just think people that get stuck in that eh, people don't change their stripes or people aren't going to change. That's fucking bullshit. That's true. And then I look at young people who, who think their lives are over. I just don't call any of that 
spirit or soul. I don't know why. Maybe I don't believe in it, well, and that's just me. Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about the difference between an understanding and an inner standing, okay? And a lot of people are trying to do a lot of reading to understand, and that is great to understand, but sometimes all the understanding in the world doesn't help you with an understanding. And so getting to that understanding is really understanding meaning you're within yourself cutting out the noise cutting out the um the ideas about what should be or how you should be or how analysis paralysis analysis no no i get that because i have a question for you you resolve problems and a lot of people are just resolving their problems wrong i'm gonna give you a question i was on a show the other night i was on the rude jude show on sirius xm uh 45 it's called the uh shade 45 and he's one of the biggest shows on, on, on Sirius. He's a good friend of mine. And yeah, he, they consider me an expert on swinging. Right. So we were talking from what? Yeah. Swinging kidding. from uh, <laughs> relationship wise as a single person. And I'm letting you know, doc, I'm single. I'm single. No, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a believer in, you know, too many people want to live the way other people think they should live, whether it's, uh, I don't care if it's political or sexual or whatever. Be to yourself. Don't give a fuck what other people think. As long as you respect other people, you do the right thing by other people. I, I think everybody should be accepted. Yeah. I do. Uh, there's no hate in my heart for anybody no, who really does anything. Open-minded. You know that. You're I'll, one of the most open-minded people I've ever met. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I believe, and I am, and I truly am. You really, not, truly, am. I am because I don't. I don't believe in being put in a box. Right. I think when we put people in boxes, your creativity goes down. Uh, I think you know. As you know me for a long time. And the more creative you are, probably the more sexual you are too, so. Probably, and I'm very creative. (laughs) No, I mean, I believe in that because I just believe that, uh, you know, listen, sex, everything is in in your own balance. You know, you want to have sex a lot, be in a sex business or whatever it is. I don't look at porn stars. I don't look at people who swingers and look at them and judge them in any different way. I just don't do it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have the right to judge people. You know, who am I now? Do we judge the minute you walk in a room, you judge people. But see, that might be your asset that a lot of people don't have. Right. Because they get into the judgment of others, but they're also judging themselves. And when you say that you don't judge other people, you probably have a bit of forgiveness for yourself, too. Like where you're not judging yourself for things that you did. Not that you don't see it as bad or whatever, but you're kind of like maybe more forgiving toward yourself than most. Great. great. You know, boy. I, I, that's the first doctor who actually analyzed me in a way I on, honestly believe that. And I mean that yeah. because I had to get to that point you have to in to my life. To move on. Yeah. To say, you know, yes, I caused a lot of damage. Yes. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yes. It's the wrong thing to do, but getting to that self forgiveness. Yeah. You know, you have to forgive yourself before you can forgive anyone else. And not only that people have to have to get over shit. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. This is life. We only live on this planet for X amount of years. You want to live like a fucking person that's owe me shit? Listen, you know my trauma. I've been strapped down naked, well, a lot beaten, of people tortured. think that they're, they're the effect of a cause, right? And they stay there. And then the, what happens is the uncertainty of the future worries them because they go, okay, well, if I'm the effect of a cause and there's nowhere to go from here, then my future is going to look the same as now, Right. So when you're coming from a place of, okay, how can I cause something different in the future? And then I can become empowered from within Then I'm not just an effect of a cause. I can become a cause of an effect in a positive way. And that's where I see you 
Uh, let's get away from me here for a second. That this show's about you. Oh. Uh, this show, well, it is, and that's it. You know, we've had some serious shit here. We are in Florida. Anybody knows, listen around the world. I am in the state of Florida. Uh, we had Fort Myers had one of the worst hurricanes we've hit, and I know because I had a vacation spot down there, and I lost that. Uh, oh, no. The what? That's trauma, correct? That's a trauma that hits a person. Hundred percent. Now, how does a person get a you know turn away? And I'll tell you why I'm only saying this. There's a guy I had on the show. Uh, and he's a fan of mine. Actually, he was on a cruise. I had a company cruise, and he people fans just came on the cruise. And they wanted to meet me, and we mm-hmm. had a great time. Well, this young man, I'll name his name Nick, and his and his is Liz, his uh, fiance. They went through rough. They were huddled in a in a closet in their house when they're hearing the roof get ripped off their house. I mean, you want to talk? And, and she, what do we do? And he goes, I don't know. And they held each other. And they thought they were going to die. Yeah. They came out of this unbelievably grateful. And you should see the attitude of this person. It's just amazing. It's almost like this tragedy made them better. Is that, does that sound like what I'm talking about? Or is that normal? It can for some people, but for probably a large majority of people, they're going to feel a lot of different things in that situation of feeling unprotected, unsafe but also have this incredible grief um, of the loss of things that they had and um, the unknown. And the thing about this that a lot of people don't realize that long after that event is over, they're left with the remnants of that event of feeling that at any moment, whatever stability they have could be ripped from them. And that could be a job. That could be anything. And the brain sometimes doesn't know the difference, right, between that. So they are kind of living in fear. So you you might have someone who who went through a hurricane years ago, and yet that imprint is made so deeply in them that they may have fear of new beginnings. They may fear that if they start something that it would fall apart or it would fail, it would be taken away from them. Well, man, you're hitting on a lot of it's deep deep stuff. And and I want to get into some not so deep, but we're going to analyze a couple of people or analyze a couple of uh, of situations okay uh do uh, okay sexuality <laughs> okay. well no we got to go there because right. everything is based on sex in this world yeah. i somewhat to a yeah. degree yeah. um why are some people very sexual or very uh horny get hard-ons and guys or girls or, or some not you get and you know you'd call them a dead yeah. fish or some of or a, a woman who just doesn't want sex all the time there has to be, I mean, I, I listen, obviously you know me, I yeah. love sex. I think it's one of the greatest things in the world because it's a release for me of, of a lot of things. Right. And I don't have the hangups of sexuality, but what what is it with people? Where does that come from? So these are very, uh, you know, deep questions because first of all, when you talk about people who are denying their sexuality, and I don't want to be general. You no, know, you're general talking about person, guys gay and they don't want to say he's gay. We're kind of, we're kind of, couple of different things there's okay. a lot of no, what, no tell me i mean there's here. bondage there's but, what uh, beatings or what i don't like know people who are very have intimacy issues and are, are denying sex a lot of times that they've had um traumas regarding that where you know they were abused or they were raped um and uh they feel very disconnected and detached from that aspect of themselves that's me because i and, i am not a very intimate yeah person. so i was going to get to you and oh i'm fucked 
but uh <laughs> but like on a general level right so there's dissociation that happens with trauma and so literally they'll feel disconnected right or they'll feel invaded and uh, so they'll be in rejection of that so um but a lot of people uh so some guys, I mean, especially men, but it could be with women too. Um, you might be connecting to that, you know, that sacral chakra area, that root area. As well, you can't to, just say those kind of big to words. Express yourself. You That's can't just, say those big words. You're talking about underneath the balls. <laughs> yeah, no, that that area. Is that what I mean? That's that, the sake. That's that the area sacral, is a nice way of saying. Is that the sacral? Is yeah, that, in, that, in that sort of area in there, you know. Well, I, you got to let my audience know. They're okay. listening, saying, what the fuck is a sacral whatever? I don't know what you, it is. You like to go, you know, sex, you know, that area, your sexual, your sexual parts. But it's not just sex. It's energy. You're doing an energy exchange. You're doing a release. You even said it. And so sometimes people, instead of expressing their emotions, they're feeling some kind of a release when they're having sex and they're feeling some kind of a connection. But in, in some way, for some people, it can be a disconnect in other ways, right? So where they're not expressing themselves vocally, they're expressing themselves sexually. So the sexual act, depending on uh, what it is, we're talking about fetishes. Now we're going into fetishes. Oh, now, we're, now we're talking my kind of show. Yeah, that, <laughs> that has a lot of... Um, fetishes do? There, there, there's a lot of symbolism around different fetishes. Well, I do know this, and I read a big thing on this. Like guys of power, or go who run companies or whatever, and they like to be dominated by yeah. a woman in behind the scenes. Yeah. It's because they're always in charge, and they want yeah. that different thing. And like you said, yeah, I mean, look, we don't, we don't want to like generalize. Everybody has their own um, reasons and their own subconscious, you know, experience. No, but we got you on, we got you here. You got it. But but that that's true. I mean, look, I I had to do one of the things about being a psychotherapist is that I have to be comfortable with anybody, any topic. And and I have to understand, right. A lot of people don't, I, I really believe in participant observation where you're not just reading about something in a book, but you're really going into the community. Like I'm sitting here with a former ex con, I'm getting to know your life experience and I've hung out with you. Right. So you kind of have to hang out with the people. So you knew understand. I was fucked up before you got here. Yeah, always. always. <laughs> uh, so there's a, there's a certain curious nature. And so I do that, you know, and it's one of the, one of the things I had to do um, in this is I had to um, go into those communities and, and understand um, the culture behind LBGT and all that, you know, and, and get in there and bondage and fetishes and understand sort of like the culture around that. But how do you get a young person who is, I don't know, I don't even understand this because this is going to be, listen, I, I'm a, I don't know what they call ace. Uh, I'm a person who really, I don't, I have no label. I don't believe in a label. It's number one. But you get a young person. He says, oh, you know, I've been gay since you're born, you know, yeah. you, you, which I get. They don't identify with. Wait, wait, I get that. I mean, yeah. you, okay. So you're gay from your born. How do you know you're gay? What is gay? Or how do you know you're straight? I think see, everybody's everything. I really do. Right, I, right. I think everybody yeah, has everything in them, meaning you could be in a situation with a guy, you could be in a situation with a girl, you could be in a situation with both. You've been in, you know, as a person who's been in swingers clubs, I have no hang ups or any of that nature. Mm. I'm happy. Like, I, I truly believe most people should be because I do have in, intimacy, in, intimacy, intimacy issues. issues. I totally do. Well, you just said that perfectly, right? Because intimacy, you said you meant to say intimacy, right? Mm. 
and you said into me and that was like perfect because I was like a little slip there because I always say what is intimacy it's into me see into me see so it means that you don't want people to see a certain part of yourself or maybe you don't want to see a certain part of yourself so there's a vulnerability there of no access so as much as you put out there and as much as you talk and as much as naked and open and whatever that you are there is still that there's still that something of that closed door in you of I don't want you to see this about me, but it's really not what others seeing about you. It's what you don't want to see about yourself. Mm. And when you're in that experience where you're so, I guess, quote unquote, vulnerable and open in a sexual experience, a lot of your own wounds can come up, like where you're where you're seeing yourself in a, in a way that you're. Wow, denying. Jesus fucking, that's deep shit. Because yeah. I, I, you know, as a person like it says who doesn't, I enjoy sex a lot, and. I don't do it. Maybe I don't. I really, I'm, that, that's all just fucking bullshit. I don't know. You know, you, you're really hitting on a lot of shit with me. You know, I, I want to get, I wish I can get somebody else in here and I won't, but uh, to, to, for anal, analyzing, you know, as a show right there, I think you need to be, have a calling show where you can analyze. Have you done that before? I haven't done that before. No, I'd love to have you and on our show. I don't even know if I can do, I mean, I can, I can do it. I don't know if it's, I can do it. Well, you know what? I mean, I think you'd you'd be great because you speak they, for, you speak very well, Doc. I mean, you, know, you speak very well. Entertainment like, well, for entertainment purposes. Well, you do a lot of TV. Uh, yeah. let, let everybody know, Doctor Palm is on a lot of different Inspired shows. Inspired by you, by the way. I remember <laughs> when I saw you, were like, "You need to be on TV," and I was well, like, "What do you mean?" You, and you've been on it for test ten years too, since yeah. I've known you. And I think you'd have a great thing where you'd have a call-in show where a person can get analyzed. Yeah. I don't know if there is one. And I don't, I don't mean you have to like yeah. you know, be guaranteed analyzed, but I think you could help people at mm-hmm. least understand. I should do a call and show and they should, I should analyze these fuckers and just say, listen, I go, go get your cr- dick sucked, we man. We should do go a do true crime show and analyze some of these true crime, you know, crazy people that listen, um, you can analyze them all there. They're all into one bucket. If you really want to think it, I mean, you take a Jeffrey oh, you're, Dahmer. You're the psychiatrist now. Are you this? Well, listen, I look at it and, and I don't know how. Yeah, I think I'm a little. I'm what they call well, you a spent armchair. a lot of time with them in prison. Oh, you were right. you were exposed like real participant. Oh, fucking right. I know guys who killed multiple bodies, cut them up. One I guy mean, cut honestly, a head off. It'd be interesting co- combination of you and I, your experience and mine. And, Ooh, and probably. Yeah, I think people are going to know how I feel real quick. To fucking shoot them, <laughs> kill them, get them out of here. Let's move on. You have a heart. I, I have a heart, too, obviously. But I think you have that great perspective of, of, of just giving that young kid who's sitting here. And he's listening to my show. He's working. And he wonder why he's, like, you know, going in the bathroom, jacking off five times a day. Oh, yeah. There's you a know? lot of that now. And, and, and I don't think I did that when I was a kid. And, you know, the thing is, though, this actually is a big, big topic now because. What, jacking off? No, this is. It's it's the whole like OnlyFans and oh, yeah. how how normalized this has become to have a relationship virtually with someone and not be connected to them um, in person. And, and, and is and there something are, wrong with that? People are having a harder time actually connecting with people in the physical because they're becoming so used to being behind a screen. Therefore, you didn't know something. I, I was offered a million dollars in thirty days. A million dollars in thirty days to open an OnlyFans. Uh, for something. Why did you? Why didn't you do it? Because it had to do with my below my my waist. Just that. That was going to be the OnlyFans. Like no. Well, because I have other things going on. I have no problems opening OnlyFans. I have zero problem. In fact, I know a lot of OnlyFans ladies. I even know an OnlyFans guy and all that. 
And good for them. Whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. I, I really don't think it's bad. Now, maybe I'm wrong, Doc. This is you're, you're coming from your area now. But I don't, I don't, what, I what mean, the I fuck? Really Who gives a it. shit? We don't. Do you, nobody cares about porn. I don't know one person I know who does not watch porn in some way. or I don't mean they you know, obsess you know, with it, hey, but they listen, watch it. Yeah, but you know the thing is, the, the big topic now with this is how a lot of this is affecting relationships and is how it's affecting especially the dynamics and the intimacy like you were talking about before because people are becoming comfortable with themselves behind a screen. Yeah, but isn't it faking if they fucking weren't into it? Or to, Listen, if you got intimacy or bullshit and you really had this whatever you do and whatever it is, maybe a voyeurism, you want to be an exhibitionist or whatever the hell it is, it doesn't matter if you don't if you want to do it, you do it. And then you say they're doing it for this reason. Didn't they want to do it anyway? I mean, are they hiding it? So then when they're in a relationship for a long time, like I've been in my I am very happy single. Doesn't mean I don't have nightly relationships and stuff. Or there's not a person that right. I really want to be with that I always want to think about, you know, that that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think about some people that I know. And there's somebody I think about now all the time. But I don't sit here. That's me, right? <laughs> always. I, know I always me. thought I, about I, I you. I knew that was you. It, you could feel the vibe? I can feel the oh, vibe. Oh, wow. Do you believe in that? Don't, you know what? It's, it's kind of crazy. Like, I'll have followers that feel like they've met me before because they see my picture. And they'll they'll message me and they'll be like. You're oh. on Instagram and all that, right? Yeah, on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, you know, I'll pick you up at this time or you know, you're so beautiful. Like they'll, they'll sign me, they'll send me poetry. Like they know me. You need to open an OnlyFans. I mean, it's like, you ever think about it? No, I mean, I'm obviously not in my fields. Can I do something like that? But why um, not? See, that's bullshit. Well, you should be able to do whatever you want to do. And if you like it, you do it just because you're an OnlyFans person. You can't be a psychologist. No, you can't do those things. I mean, you can't do a lot of things. Fuck, I don't believe in that. Yeah, I'm not. You have to be, I'm a healer. You have to show. So you have to bullshit. You have to lie that you're something you maybe not want to be. I wouldn't do it anyways. Okay, okay. Maybe not. But I mean, um, there's certain things that you just can't do, you know, that I stay neutral about. People say that about me, and you know how I I say go fuck yourself. Yeah, but your whole thing is different. I'm licensed, and I have, you know, people, you know, even like, if they know your politics or whatever, they may not see you. And it's, they, see, they, it's a they, lot it of goes things. back to the and, bullshit. And let, me, let me tell you something. A long time ago, when I first became a therapist and I was in, like new in the field, I didn't want to do a social media page. Like I didn't want people to realize, okay, she can go out on the weekend and she's like a real person. You know, they, you want them to see you sort of like from a neutral standpoint. And then I kind of got rid of all that. I was like, you know what? I'll start going and putting stuff. And I realized that people like to see what you're really doing. Right. To some degree. And they like, sometimes I'll put a workout video up there. And they'll be like, well, you know, you really inspired me. And they see that you're a real person. And you did. You that, got some hot workout that, videos. That I, <laughs> I live gotta a go bal- check them out. People. I live a balanced life. Like I do live a balanced life. But do you live life. a balanced life because you have to, or no, do you live a balanced because you want to? That's that's me. I do it because okay. I want it. Like okay. I am, like, and that's even cool. Though, even though that's my brand, like I literally do embody my brand. I mean, I'm not gonna say every day. No, you do. Like way, I do mine. You I do. balance my. brand. I know you personally, and you ba- and you embody your brand. I am. I'm the not give a fuck person. You and, are and I am. Guy. But I do care about people. Deeply. I know you do. And I want to help people. I want to hear that. And I know you do embody your brand because you do like to work up, but you love helping people and you are who you are. I I just think that people who don't, don't, uh, how do you say it? 
they do things just because they got to do them and this, and then they're given advice or whatever. I, I always wondered if Ann Landers and all those fuckers really not suck dick and some shit because they said they were. Some of them were uh, a lie, you know? I mean, right. They, they a total a, lie. Like they put a face up of what they were and they talk about balance. Something. And then behind the scenes, it was like their life was a disaster. And I think that's what you, we're seeing. With you know a lot what that is? Stars now, that's a lot preachers. Of most preachers that's fucking, you know, the guys that, that get up on the podium and then you find out later they, they're in the bathroom sucking dick or they're doing whatever. And again, I don't give a fuck what they do, but don't be such a hypocrite on one way. You know, oh, I mean, I know all they do it for money. There's obviously. hypocrisy. In that is hypocrisy. You're right. Oh. A lot of and I'm not listen, anybody out there. I'm not knocking religion. I really I, I knock. But there's a lot cons. of politics. there. I like not cons. You know, it. You know what really got me, and I'm like, we're going to get into a little bit of this, because you knew. It used to say, you know, listen, I knew Donald Trump. Knew of him, met him five times, I think it was. I don't hate Donald Trump. Donald Trump were, was who he was. I thought you guys were best friends. Yeah, no. I thought you were. I, I swear I saw a picture. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was That's you the, getting he was, on his helicopter. He was, he was giving the thumbs up and everything. I thought I met him. That was you getting that. on his helicopter. I've seen that one. As a, legitly. But no, question, I, I mean... Listen, he did what he did. I mean, Donald Trump was Donald Trump. Yeah. Donald Trump was a New Yorker who mm -hmm. literally conned middle America to think he loved them. My thing is, how do the religious people who profess that this is this, this is this, how do they jump in bed with the lies and, and, and the, everything he's done? Grab her by the pussy was the greatest fucking line with Billy Bush. I'm going to see Billy Bush. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get into Bill Bush, but... And I felt, but he got fucking the raw end of that you deal. Know, you know, you know he got raw end yeah, of that deal. You, you know what I think? I, I, a lot of people uh, who gravitate to Trump, they like his honesty. And some of them actually, from a trauma perspective or whatever you want to say, a lot of them felt like, hey, you know, I was put down or I was subjugated in my life or I wasn't heard or I was treated in some type. So they were relating to him some people are actually relating to him on some level and they feel a cause, you know, on the way that they're. Yeah, but it, 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 listen, if you can't spot bullshit or you can't see he's lying, he says it right. They'll catch him in a fucking lie on tape. I like, is I respect there, women, there, but, but I, there, you got to grab a woman by the pussy and just fucking grab her and kiss there, her. Is there a politician that doesn't lie? Nah, I, listen, all... hey, hold on. I worked in Washington and I worked for the Clinton administration. Oh, I didn't say that. They're all there. liars, too. And I, and I mean, I'm not. I, listen, I tried to stay neutral. I want to stay neutral. But, you know, it's all in listen, the blood of. Here's of, a guy. That's a president who put a fucking cigar on a girl's pussy. I mean, literally in the Oval Why, Office. Why, you were there? You saw No, that? Every, that's, no, come on. <laughs> we all know that. I, I, shit, man. Listen, there's a, that's allegedly. A, okay, allegedly. Allegedly, he didn't have sex, but the cum was on her dress. I mean, that's proven. That's why he got, you know, Bill I mean, Clinton and I have something in common, very common. I have common. something to say about that, but it's but inappropriate. I, well, I'm going to say something that Bill Clinton and I have exactly in common. Did you know Bill Clinton and I were charged with the same exact crime? Which was 18 USC 1001, which is a federal code for filing a false statement. Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton was charged with that when he said he did not have sex with Monica Lewinsky. And it was proven and he was charged and convicted of that crime. Larry Lawton said his partner was John Rodriguez and they ended up finding out there was no such thing as a John Rodriguez. Six years after my original, original conviction, I was then convicted 
in 2002 or three, um, what years, I'm not exactly sure, of 18 U.S.C. 1001 filing a false statement to the federal government. So I get it, what you're saying right to me now. I just, listen, they're all criminal. Listen, you're right, politicians are criminal. Donald Trump just, to me, the religious, it's not Donald Trump. It's the people who profess to be these holier-than-now people that don't want you to do it. They'll look at me because I say, jacking off or I want to fucking be in group sex yeah, like or I'm people, a swinger like people who are uh, in glass houses shouldn't throw stones bingo. kind of thing I can't stand that but bingo. because it's so easy to be like telling somebody what they should do and then you see them turn around like the dentist with broken teeth it's like who are you to tell me I yeah exactly do this and then your teeth are falling out no doc you're 100 percent. I hate that well no you you personally know, like, personally I'm gonna give you that. some little advice I don't hate anything I dislike a lot of things I said I hate that not a person no, hate hate is such a negative word I remember let me tell you what happened to me my my cousin who, who does what you do but in a different way she's met the Dalai Lama three times oh really uh, oh she's amazing the m- smartest woman I've ever met in my life ever in my life she saved my life when I got out of prison uh, I tell that story all the time. But anyway, Cheryl says to me, she goes, listen, Larry, I used to want to, and for five years, I was planning the murders of the people who abused me in prison. The guards that, that took me, strapped me down, took their dicks out, peed on my face. And, mm-hmm. and it's in my book, Gangster Redemption. Mm-hmm. And uh, I literally plan, I used to plan their murders. I was, I was so consumed by that hate that we were, we were together. And she goes, Larry, you have to. You are letting them re-traumatize you over and over and over again by hating. I'm not saying you have to like it. You have to do anything. He goes, but the word hate is just killing you. You have to get hate out of your heart. And if you don't get hate out of your heart, you can be consumed with this and live it and die from it. Mm-hmm. And boy, was she right. Until I actually now. So how did, the, how did you get the hate out of your heart? You know, it was a lot of with her, a lot of talking and stuff. And, and I don't hate him. I feel bad for him. And she go, what do you mean? You reframed it. Well, sort of. No, if that's what it's called. What I've done was, Doc, is I now look at them and say, their life must be so bad. Mm-hmm. They must go home and their wife must slap the shit out of them or fuck them, do whatever. Right. Because they have to abuse a man who's in the worst part of his life to get whatever enjoyment out of them. Mm-hmm. So they must have such a bad life. Yeah. I kind of like think that way maybe they don't maybe they do but i don't care and i don't use the i try not to everybody does but i really try not to use the word hate because hate just hurts you the person you hate or the thing you hate they don't even that listen you might hate some somebody or something they have they could care less they don't even know you hate them but you're eating yourself up with that hate yeah it's true. And I won't do that it's I won't true. do that to myself I've gotten to that place in my life yeah. thank God I'm 61 years old I'll be 62. Can you believe this shit? I feel great, though. And, Damn. you know, and... Where did time go? Oh, fuck. Yeah, you probably knew it's, me when I was about 50. It's pretty wild, you know, like how... I knew you when you were young. I'm not young now. You're young. Well... I look younger now. You look yeah, young. You always yeah. look young. But it's interesting with age because we just think, like, when we're older, it just becomes more of a number. I mean... Oh, I hate it. The number I hate. I hate. I hate, I hate. No, I'm hey, you joking. just said that. I just said just that. Said I just said I hate. I hate. Yeah, I hate. I, I, yeah, I don't like that number. But um, I remember when my father was alive, and he was sick. He had ALS, and I asked him. It was his birthday. I remember. And he was in his late seventies, 
And I asked him, um, and he couldn't even hold a fork. I mean, it was really sad, but my dad was such a strong guy and he was so just to just be incapacitated like that and to be so such Same a strong, with my dad with Alzheimer's. strong man, you know, a really strong, but kind man and very um, grateful for everything. He had a lot of gratitude. And I remember saying to him, dad, how old do you feel today? And he said, 35. And I was like, how did this man who can't even hold a fork and can't wow. you know, lift himself how does he feel 35? And you know, I'm going to go back to it, but it was inside. It was his being, it was his spirit. It wasn't about his hands or his legs or, or his physical aspect, but it was like what was within him. That's amazing. Uh, you're, you're an amazing woman, doc. You really are. You you have a lot of knowledge and you, you, your calmness calms me down as much as it does. And I know you, when we're out here, when we're out at a bar, maybe you don't, but <laughs> Uh, no, you, you know, you have a lot of, uh, obviously inner strength that you do. Uh, I'm sure you've got your own ways to cope with, with bad things and good things and everything that happens. We all do. I really do. I I've got to that place in life that I never really gave a shit about a lot of things. I mean, and I don't let material, never did. I liked them, but I don't let materialistic things. I, I think life is more. You want to live a life. We all have to live a good life. Listen, I want your car you got out front of the studio. Uh, but <laughs> You know what's really funny? I've known a couple of ex-cons, and, um, you know, they were ex-cons for different reasons and did it in different ways. And the interesting thing, um, a couple of them were in Fed like you, but the interesting thing about it they all had in common is that they were all millionaires at one point in their life when they were younger. Really? And the other thing is they had lost everything. And had to start out fresh, just like you. And the other thing that they had in common is every one of them said to me, even though I don't have what I had then, I'm a lot happier now and I'm not my things. That is so true. And I bet I bet they were all good in bed. Every single one of them said the same thing. Oh, you didn't want to say every single one of good in bed? She nope. didn't, you might not know, but you know, I was, to, I was told by a couple of women. And, it's and why do you think that is? What's your analysis on that? Why, why do I think? Uh, uh, ex-cons are good in bed uh, you know, yeah why, okay. why why do i what think happened, we are or what, what happened to you in prison no i don't think it's happened like, i think it comes in your absolutely head absolutely happened nope sex is in your head everybody thinks it's it's in your groin or whatever it is right. it's in your head uh-huh. uh the mind is the greatest part of sex in the life and when you're open to yourself and you're open to crazy shit because you see crazy shit in prison uh that you realize man enjoy this fucking shit because one it could be gone tomorrow Everything can go tomorrow. I mean, you there's see- a certain open mindedness that I say that someone like yourself that's been to prison would have. But I think also the prison sort of would condition you to be able to have endurance. Oh, you mean for the sex wise? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, that's true. I was told that endurance. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think also your physical health has a lot to do with that. I mean, there's people who have no physical health. Uh, and then they can have no endurance. But if you're talking about holding mental, erection, and, mental yeah, endurance, I, I know, do do. I think of... there's a way to, you know, shut down early ejaculation, if you want to call it that, or, or what is it called, premature ejaculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can go. And if you can't, guess what? There's a thing called Trimix. But you also it's get great. some kind of. I should get a sponsorship in, for Trimix. In prison, though, you get you get this like sexual anorexia in prison because you're not really having sex. I mean, in the way that you would want. So when you get uh, out there's of more prison, sex going on than you think. Mm. 
Oh, but, look, I got that. Mm. Mm, well, you know, but I mean, when you get out of prison, it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm free and I can do whatever. Yeah. So you're kind of binging on sex and like using sex as a way to sort of binge on your expression of freedom. I don't know, but you know me a long time. Uh, I've been the way I am since I've been out. I mean, it's not, and I am the same way. So you'd think if you were binging because you got out, you didn't have it. You'd, at one point you said, fuck it, you've been out long enough. I've been out 15 years. So when I got yeah, out, but when you got out, were you kind of like, I want to go crazy? Uh, I mean, sexually, because I, I did anyway, because there's no there's no laws around that. You know, it's not really. I mean, th- you, you know, there's freedom around. It's just like you're not breaking any laws, you know. So I think that in the mindset of someone like yourself, it's just kind of like, OK, I'm not breaking any laws. I can no, do whatever I, 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 want, I just think I that want, things whatever. turn you on. I mean, listen, we okay. all have a brain. That's fair. I think everybody's brain. It, it has whatever, like from, or you know, the Are biggest. Are you gonna donate your brain to science? I when should. You die? What do you think? <laughs> what I think, no. What I think in the brain. Let's do it. And I really do. I mean this. I think in the brain. I think everybody uh, fights whatever really the, the things they like and stuff. You know, I like intelligence. Mm. As much Are as you, I you like a sapiosexual. Or what? What is that? Sapiosexual, like someone who's like turned on by smart people. Oh, I am. Definitely. Really? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh wow. I am. Uh, is that what okay, it's can, called? Can I, what leave, is... can I leave now? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm getting a little scared here. You should. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to stand <laughs> up. Am I I'm it? only teasing. <laughs> the, is it true though? Is is that something? Oh yeah. I was talking to someone the other night, uh, and they were saying to me that they were a uh, sapiosexual. A friend of mine was saying, telling me she was a sapiosexual. Oh, that, uh, that intelligence. Actually, that intelligence turns some people on. That, no that is a turn on. It's not a turn on for me. Oh, you like the dumb and the dumb and good no, looking guy. No. The guy was hot, young, no. big cock, and and, and no, dumb. No, 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 no. It's Come nothing, on, doc. It's nothing like that. But like, I don't, I don't like. I'm not. It's not. I don't like people who like try to be showing off intellectually or whatever. I like someone who can engage in conversation, is fun, and has ideas. Well, where am Where am I on that level? I think you're like really down to earth kind of. You're smart. I mean, you are just rat cunning smart. Oh, thank you know, you. I and I it. like that. You have a lot of charisma and stuff. And I don't think that. You know what? You're not all that you appear. You're more than you are. That you're more than what you appear to be. And I like that. So like, there's more to you than meets the eye. Like someone can meet you and they'd be like, okay, this is dude who's his dude. He's some down to earth, loud guy, fun and whatever. But like, you are super smart. I don't know what your IQ is, but you're really smart. It's pretty you're hard, not like but... with this guy who's just like, and so, you know, this philosopher and that philosopher and this theory and that theory. Yeah. No, like you're just like down to earth raw real deal kind of guy but that's smart. why it's the real deal and that's but what i like that's the kind of smart i like I, I believe everybody in my own again when i say believe it's my belief it doesn't mean it has to be anybody's mm-hmm. belief and i believe that yeah look at me playing i'm playing with something so you must be analyzing me you're always playing with something yeah. i know what you really want to be playing with right now but you can't because you know you're I'm kind a, of being uh, recorded on the show i love her <laughs> doc no it, I, I do believe yes intelligence turns me on mm. uh beauty of How course about sarcasm uh you know it a funny like a comedy it. comedy or a, a, a sense of humor totally turns me on i oh. am not into uptight i i'll tell you what i'm not into okay negative people and yeah. that, and you heard that today a little bit beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I am not into people who are negative. Listen, we all go through ups and downs. I don't like small talk either. That's what do you mean a, small talk? Like, I don't know. Like I was at a party the other night, and 
these girls were talking in front of me and they were talking about yoga for like 20 minutes. And I'm just like, oh, I think they're so just opening it. And, you know, small talk is something to I get to the bigger not, talk. I mean, listen, when I go to a bar, you got to start. You can't start an intellectual conversation with someone. Like, what oh, you can do is ask, hey, you're beautiful. Your bag is beautiful. It's, so it's really a Varashi. Like, that. like you, you can really engage people. You get you get people engaged. You talk. I mean, you, you're very I'd love to give you like a personality test and know exactly what your personality oh, is. Oh, there's a and, test for that? Yeah, it's a simple thing. I can send it to you a link and see what you're, I, you're extroverted. I'm more, oh, I'm a total extrovert. I'm, I am not an introvert. My I'm, mother's an introvert. I'm introverted. No, you're not. No, I am. I, according to the test. But here's the thing. Like, not with me, you're not. It's oh, it got silent there. I, I can like work a room, but I work it a little differently. I usually work it through other people, and they introduce me. Like someone like you would be like, "Okay, this is Doctor Palmer." You don't like to just it. to go up to somebody no, and say, "No, I don't. I don't do that." And like, I I will be very quiet at the table. I'll be I like quiet. that, and I like I'm extroverted people. I, I I mean, my assistant Nick, he yeah. is extrovert. He's total extrovert. He's an extrovert. Absolutely. Oh, no, you meant introvert. No, 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 no. No, he's outgoing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. He he is not scared to engage with and talk no, people, to. But people think I'm really outgoing because, and it's not like I'm not here and there and I do things, but like I'm very carefully crafted, like select. See, an extrovert to me is the person who's not scared to go up to a person and say, "How you doing? I'm Nick. I I, I want to talk to you for a minute or whatever." I can it is. do that, but I don't usually. Yeah, that's why you're an introvert. I, I don't usually do that. My, really. my assistant Nick can do that. You can't be an assistant to somebody yeah. like myself without being that. You can't be an introvert. Yeah. You know, you just can't happen. You can't, you can't be in a field where I'm in the yeah. media field. Most people in the media are extroverts. I most like more people. intimate relationships. Like you and I have known each other for a yeah. while. Like we get together. We don't just talk. Oh, we joke and we, 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 yeah, we do but big like, time joke. But like, and we like to tease each other. Yeah, There's no do. question. I like that. Yeah, we do. I love okay. that. If you weren't teasing me, I'd say, Sash, she's not happy I don't like people again. that are too vanilla, like when they're too vanilla and they can't take a joke and they can't right, laugh right. and they well, can't again, get humor. And they an intelligence. You know, just... uh, a, a girl who can have a conversation with me about anything. And you know what I try to tell young people? How about fighting them? and making up? What? How I about, love that. How about That's arguing? <laughs> I like to, listen, fighting. You're my kind of guy. <laughs> uh, okay. Fighting to me, I think, it, it, you know, listen, when you say fight. No, it, no, no. This is a good question because, you know, a person who. Or you have to avoidant, ha- avoidant. There's a lot of avoidant people. They have that avoidant attachment style that as soon as like a conflict comes up, they're out the door. They won't yeah. talk to you. So you're not that way. No. You'll deal with something. Head yeah, on. No, the last relationship was 14 you. years. The, I, I think that what most people, in my opinion, again, is as a person who looks at a relationship and says, you know, this person I can engage with, she's beautiful. She's great. And then if you have sex, sex is a big part of it, too, because oh, yeah. if you're not it's like the compatible, right, if you're not compatible in bed, how can you be compatible anywhere? I mean, you're going to fight. You're going to look for things different than I'm not a believer in monogamy. You know that I, I don't know. believe I never did. And I won't ever believe in monogamy. Are you polyamorous? What would it give us that polyamory? I've heard like it. But give us that. having multiple, multiple uh, uh, yeah, relationships at multiple, once. Yeah, not relationships. Uh, I don't, okay. I think that takes too much, uh, uh, effort, effort, if you want to call it. now sex wise, I believe in multiple sexual partners, or even if they have fun partners, but you don't have any relationships with the right people now. that you have. No, when you're having, so when you have multiple sex partners, you're not just like, Hey, let's do it. I mean, you, you get to know them. Oh, no question. No, 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 so no. So that you have, so do you go 
to eat with these people oh, sure. and you hang out with them and stuff and you have some type of a maybe a dating quote unquote dating relationship yeah well it, it, it. no it doesn't how does this it, work oh listen it's just a call connection i mean if you just want to go have sex you can go to a whorehouse or you want to go something but you, you do to... have a connection with them somewhat i mean i've had somewhat. i've been to swingers clubs and there's really not much of a connection okay. there's something you buy a drink for somebody you okay. go out with them and then you and know. so is it is there any like repeated experience sure with oh like sure, just, sure. Like, it could be it could be once it could stuff. be twice it could be never it could be but, uh, never, ten three, times. but never three times oh uh, many many five ten so how do you do that and not get attached to these to the person that you're having that experience you with? do get attached but you don't get fully attached here's what i mean yeah there's always something usually that something you don't like not don't like you just think yourself do you want that for the rest of your life right and okay and then you say so you know, a great in bed, check. Okay. Great communicator, check. Mm-hmm. Uh, great with friends because you want the people right. to enjoy your friend, check. Yeah. Great with bad with fucking uh, uh, family or whatever. Right, or, you know, right. can't 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 relate to families. Always, you know, yeah. Fuck your family, fuck this or whatever it is. So yeah. then you say, oh, there's four of these five are great, and I'd love to have sex when we go out and go or go places and and do things great person you can go on vacation with yeah that's great and then after the vacation you go oh, i fucking want to get away from that person and then there's the other people <laughs> you the one people the one person or are you going to want to be with is going to be the one you want to be around all the time all the time through ups and downs and yeah through ups and downs and you're talking more about unconditional love and now we're getting yeah deep, yeah like yeah yeah deep. yeah and it's hard to find that and even with that mm-hmm. that person has to love you for who you are without changing yeah. See, once you think you can change, change somebody, them. you can't in that mm-hmm. regard. I'm not saying change their bad behaviors. You want to always help yeah. them try to change something. Mm-hmm. But meaning that one person that you, you want, you want to uh, uh, help, you want to make better, you want to be, you, you know, their happiness means something to you. Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. And when you got that, that's special. Now, that person also already knows that you like sex with uh, hot, hot psychologists. Or you like sex, whatever. You get what I meant, though? I mean, what are you? Do you are you a one-woman doctor? I mean, can well, you go I'm out not, with multiple men? I'm not going to get into that. But ah, what I, what I will, what you I, heard it right here, everybody. Yeah, but what, what I do find interesting is what the assumption is about what attraction is, like the way people see women being attracted to a guy. Like, they would just say, Oh, this this guy, you know, and this happened to me the other day, you know, uh, this guy, he's he's nice. And he, you know, a friend of mine is like, oh, but he has money and he's nice. And and I'm like, but I'm not attracted to him, but just get to know him. And if you get to know him, maybe and it's like, no, no. And it's like they don't understand that. I don't know if there's this idea that as a woman. If the guy was it a guy that said that? No, it was it was actually another one. But guys, guys have said that too. That there's this idea that okay, if the guy can be a good provider and he's nice, then oh, and we get along. Don't you think women think that way though? A lot of probably a lot of women. Primal, isn't it? I don't though. It's Uh, well, you're a different woman. Like. You're, okay, you're self-sufficient you. yourself. Yeah, but so. that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. I want you because you can support me. I mean, but that, that, has, <laughs> yeah, but that has nothing to do with it. You know what the thing is? It's just like we're going back to it's sheer attraction, sheer chemistry. Forget money, for, for example. Forget, put that to the side. Forget the personality just for the side. First of all, 
Am simple I, attraction. Simple physical attraction. I agree. It has to be there. A hundred percent. Like have to like the personality. Don't have to like everything about the personality, but have to be drawn to them. Have to want to sustain. Have to be want to sit with them. Have, have to, to be, be accepting of the things you don't like. And that too, right? And then also the other part, but you can't, for me, I can't be with someone just because they're millionaires and they have money and be, we get along. That's a business person. Well, That's obviously, you like, know, you, you know, a lot of very, 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 very yeah, wealthy and influential ton- people, but, and you're not, and that, that says a lot about you. Cause you know what you want. You're not settling for just that. And people, like myself, I wouldn't won't. understand that though. A lot of people wouldn't understand. I think it's more acceptable. It's like, okay, a guy's going and ageism also exists in this realm too. Especially Age? Ageism, because it's like if an older guy is going out with a younger girl, hey, that's no no big deal. He's not married. He's going out with a younger girl. That's acceptable. A younger, uh, older woman going out with a younger guy, there's an age gap. It's not really acceptable. It's kind of like, but you're. Oh, he's a gigolo, or uh... no? It's. I'm just saying that the. I'm talking about um, ideas in society and ageism about um, relationships and. Stuff I haven't. I have my own personal thing with that. Like, I am. I have to be attracted to the person. Number one, For sure. you know, whatever that initial attraction is, Has it's got to be that something that's. A, why did I look at like that regardless person? of the personality? Right, right, right. Before you even know it, before you, yeah. you know, you look yeah, at you like know what what did that something. then to me communications and how they communicate and stuff of that made in. Yeah, yeah. But I do think there's a, in my own, I have my own inner arguments or not. I have to fight with with ageism, and here's what I mean: mm-hmm. if I want to go with a younger person, I think. You know, how long do you have left? And do you, are you, is it wrong to do that? Because you know, you're going to leave that person if they love you. You don't want them to take care of you. You know, that kind of shit. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't want an old maid. Uh, or <laughs> vice versa. Do you want a, a woman who is way older than you? And then, you know, her, I actually like that better. Personally, I think a younger guy with an older woman is more, in my opinion, is more normal because... The guy, and now this is not sexism, but they, even if they're not, but that's a provider, mm. they can fend for themselves. Mm. When she goes, you know, he'll be all right. It's kind of like you take care of somebody and then you worry about them, you know, mm. like you could worry about. Mm-hmm. But then again, you have to put that aside and say, and then you got to think, do they really want you for what you are? Well, the thing is that we have, I think, in our society, all these ideas because of the movies and yep. TV shows that we watch about what a relationship should look like and like all these checkboxes and how it should go. And two people should get together and they never have any problems. And like everything is hunky-dory. And if there's a problem, then you know what? Let's just swipe left and go to the next person. <laughs> That's or, a good or one. That's a great you know? one. We have that in our society because... Yeah of the Tinder culture and everything. It's just a swipe. It's just a swipe away from the next person. And nobody wants to fix what's broken. Nobody wants to work on themselves. Why should I change myself? I just go on to the next person. And so many single people now. Yeah. I mean, there are people getting married, but well, no, 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 no. I, I listen, uh, I think you're a hundred percent right. I, I am the, of the fact that I wouldn't care if you're happy if you are a friend and you are a friend of mine, mm. I could care less if you said to me, like, look at this guy. I got his 21 years old. He's fuck, good for you. Cause you're the one who's going to live with him. <laughs> you're the one who's going to look at him. And now you're the one who has to say, I'm okay to bring him around friends of mine because 
He is a good person. I don't give a shit what people think. I don't give a fuck if Larry likes him or not. Maybe Larry wants to fuck him. But no, only kid joking, of course. But my point, did you get what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are, you know, living in that nice home with the picket fence and the but don't you think that's changing it's 2023 they're lonely they're not feeling good about and everybody goes but i thought you had the perfect marriage and i thought you were happy and we saw you guys at events and we saw you guys doing this and it's like (coughs) and they're all broken up really don't know what was really going on behind closed got a question for that do you do you how do you look at uh, uh, young people or old people do you think don't you think it's 2023 i think the young people today personally Mm. are smarter more open, uh, hard workers. Mm-hmm. I am very, you know, as they say in the stock market, I am very bullish on the future mm-hmm. with young people because I deal yeah. with young people a lot. And I find young people to be smart, to be uh, work good. Hard. I think they learn every day. You have yeah. to be sometimes patient. But mm-hmm. I really do think young people, because they don't judge like we did. When I grew up, you got to yeah. remember, I was born in 1961. Yeah. When I grew up in right. the 70s, I mean, if you were a gay guy in the seventies, they in the military even. When I went in the military in nineteen seventy nine, you were kicked out. I yeah. mean, there was no don't ask, don't tell. It's changed. Yeah, I think young people are more open to today's society, and they don't give a fuck. Yeah, you ask I, a twenty five year old about. Does he give a fuck about somebody's sexuality? I guarantee he says, get the fuck. I don't well, give a shit. You know what? I, I hang around a lot of millennials and young people because what's a millennial today? Well, I don't even know the age of like the 30s. I'm a baby boomer. Like the, like the 30s. The okay, 30s. And, stuff. and I, I do engage in that culture because actually my app um, that I'm developing is, everybody's going to love it, but it's. I can't really wait. We got to come on it. Pro- I want to hear about it. For millennials, mostly for that market. So I really engage in that market of uh, people. Um, but I, I actually have friends from all generations. Obviously, I do. Right. You know, my audience is very right. young. Yeah. My audience yeah, no, I, is very young. It. Yeah. And my audience is 18 to 24 and uh, 25 to 34. And from up to 45, from 18 to 45, my audience is 80 percent that age and mostly male. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, so but the, the thing about the millennials is that, you know, I see like two extremes. I see some that are super duper intelligent they're like on the cutting edge they're working i mean there's a lot of millennials working behind the scenes in my, sure. in my brand um and i'm so proud of that i'm just like oh i my am gosh, too you're so brilliant. i, I you're hire so young cool. people and they work on the weekends holidays like they're working when no one's working on the other end of the culture is the millennials and the gen x gen z's and a lot of the producers of the networks now are really young you'd believe i mean oh no no i can imagine like, you know they my- are. they're running the shows they're running the big shows it's unbelievable. It wasn't like that 10, 15 years ago. It was not like that. Nope. But, experience. Um, so they wanted only experience. It's really impressive, you know. But on the other end of the spectrum are the millennials that, like you're saying, that don't give a fuck. Excuse my French, right? But they don't. And that's also a problem to some degree. I mean, it can be good and then it can be bad because it's kind of like they don't care. It's this carelessness of I can do whatever I want, what I want, how I want. I want to be successful. Well, that's just about no responsibility. Yeah, I want to be successful and I don't want to work. I want to, they have these ideas. Entitlement. This entitlement, these ideas and these fantasies. And, you know, they go on their Instagrams and they put on their description that they're CEOs of this and they're this and that. And they're really nothing. Okay. (laughs) They're really absolutely nothing but a description on their Instagram. And, uh, 
you know, for some people, influencers are making a lot of money. There are influencers that make a lot of money, oh, but there's that's... also people that are just, you know, because that's actually like a career now. To oh, absolutely. I Internet's told my mother, I was like, do you know how influencers are actually careers? She's like, what's an influencer? <laughs> you, did you know one of the biggest but... influencers in the world right now? He's 24 years old and he makes more money than probably 99.9% of all CEOs. Mr. Yeah. Beast. Yeah. You know who he is? No. No. He is the biggest influence. He makes Howard Stern look like a peon. Wow. He makes $100 million a year. That's incredible. He's crazy. Yeah. His name is Mr. Beast. People can go look him up. I actually. Think, I like the youthfulness, though. But I, I respect like him a lot. You want to know why? Because I watch a lot of his stuff. And yeah. he is such a worker. And he's smart. And he's figured stuff out. They try to do things faster and better. And because Not of, like, him. their access to technology, though, you know, is, is totally. Well, he started. He quit. His mom wanted him to go to college. He quit. He didn't go. Mm-hmm. I think he went one day. And, but just yeah. smart. I mean, smart. they figured stuff out. Oh, yeah. And, and he got the work ethic. That's amazing. Yeah. And now, now I love that. that the guy. But my whole team, uh, I'm the oldest, obviously. And then Sam is 50. And then you go down. And Mike is 39. And 38 or 39 then you got my son is 33 you got darian is 20 you got nick who's 25 yeah and then so you got a lot young, of my a lot of my young, guys i love them yeah a lot of my guys working for me around and, they're about 25 26 like smart, front end man. my front end coder he's about 25 my ui designers right it's amazing they're amazing and i love them I love but we're we gonna yeah. go i have a question what last question for you i always ask this question to every guest if i can where do you see yourself in one year five years and 20 years now mm. you're being the therapist um, uh. <laughs> i know what i see myself doing a lot of the same things that i in do one now. year yeah doing a lot of the same things that i do now but always better i'm always trying to do you know i've been working on the dr lisa palmer 4.0 do you, version do you and figure next it, year it's going to be the 5.0 version no no i, I mean you got about. one year from now do you do you think you're your apps launch, your YouTube's launch. What, what, where do you see? I mean, is it? Are you doing less therapies and more? I think. I think down the line, I'd like to do less therapy and be more. Um, put my or more of my efforts as the CEO of the Renew Renew Me and um, be working with brands and brand development and Soulscape and Renew That's... Me and all that, and um, kind of go more into the tech aspect. At five of years. Same, same thing, but bigger, even bigger and bigger, and just like. All right, now personally, like, now like personally, brand, yeah. are you married, Doc? No. So I knew that. I did have the <laughs> answer. But do you see yourself relationship-wise? Do I see myself? Where in where where do you see yourself in the near future, and then five years and twenty in a relationship-wise? Um, I don't know yet. I have to ponder that. Ah, she's boy. She's being really I evasive. I really don't. I really don't. I I think that maybe again in life at some point down the line I'll be married so someone can take care of me when I'm older. Ah, you don't do that. Uh, you just did a whole show on not that. No, you kidding, Doc. <laughs> I get like, it. I like to travel more. I never get okay. to travel. I never really get to travel. I like you. So are, you're things. always. Somewhere. What are no, you kidding no, me? no. I mean, I've only been to Europe once. I've um, never been to Europe. I've yeah, and I've just so many places I've never traveled up to Soulscape places and like really be able to enjoy life on that. Yeah, take a ride with me in my yeah. RV. <laughs> adventure. Oh, that's an adventure. Yeah, I'd like to do that. <laughs> you know, but just still, um, still trying to be youthful and balanced and and have a vibrant spirit and just um, do everything better from that I was yesterday. And I'm always trying to do that and giving my 
you know, just living, living my best life. Really. I love that. Now. Okay. Doc, I need you to tell us what your Instagram is, what everybody, where people, where can people find Dr. Lisa Palmer? (laughs) Connected to yours. Dr. Dr. Lisa Palmer. Dr. Lisa Palmer. Dr. Lisa Palmer, Instagram. That's my Instagram. Mm -hmm. Dr. Lisa Palmer. And that's, that's Instagram. No, you have Facebook, don't you? Do you have all uh, that? Yeah, I guess you could look up Dr. Lisa Palmer. And your, what's your website? Uh, the Renew Center dot com. Renew the Renew Center dot com. Is it R E N? It's the the Renew. Okay, T H E. It's R E. It's T H E R E N E W C E N T E R. Oh, the Renew Center. Yes. The Renew Center dot com. Yeah. We'll have links in this below everywhere yeah. we post follow this. Follow me on Instagram. Follow- actually, actually, the link is on Instagram. So follow That's me good there. for you, man. I mean, hopefully I can join you more. Maybe we'll do. Yeah, some, maybe some I, I could come together. down there with the bus and, and uh, the, the mobile studio and do something. That's down there. Cool. That, that's a lot of nickel drive. He does that. And uh, I'd love that. I mean, uh, listen, I think you could do some stuff. I'd love to do a call in live show where people can call in and, and maybe you analyze them or something. <laughs> I think fun. that'd be cool. That'd be I mean, fun. I think we can have a lot of fun with that. <laughs> anyway, everybody, we All had right. Dr. Lisa Palmer from the re the renew center.com. It's the renew center is in down in Boca Raton or West Palm beach, Boca Raton, Boca Raton. Yep. And Dr. Lisa Palmer is in South Florida. Give her a call. Check her out on Instagram. It's Dr. Lisa Palmer on Instagram at Dr. Lisa Palmer, on Instagram, check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, also check out my uh, my sponsors, of course, Live, uh, uh, Live, Uwager.lv. That's Uwager.lv. Check them out. Of course, we want to thank Oliva uh, Cigars, who is my major sponsor. They've been doing us so great. We got a lot going on with our stuff. Check it out. Check all my stuff out. Links below. Check everything out. We're having a great time. Dr. Lisa Palmer, again, thank you very, very much. Thanks for, for coming me. here. We really appreciate that, everybody. Have a great day, Lisa.